1: Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and it's a big week. Pro softball is back and we'll get into that and more today. So let's go through the order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll highlight some news and current events. Then we'll head into today's interview with Carissa Hovangay, an Olympic hopeful, bringing her talents to Athletes Unlimited, which is exciting. And we'll wrap things up then with the double play tip of the week, and I'll hit on the physical and mental side of the game. So jumping right in. Covering our bases. There's a lot going on in the sports world right now. The NBA, the WNBA, the MLB, the NHL, and more have been in the thick of their seasons up to this point. Some of that has been put on hold due to athletes protesting in the wake of the Jacob Blake shooting. This year, maybe more than ever before, we've seen athletes speak up and take action for what they believe in beyond the field, the court, whatever it is. And they've chosen to do that in different ways. And ahead of opening weekend, Athletes Unlimited released a statement supporting the athletes in the other leagues for, quote, taking a stance against racism, inequality, and brutality, end quote. The statement also reiterated that AU remains committed to doing their part to affect positive social change and empower their own athletes to use their voices and platforms. And they ended by saying, quote, we stand in solidarity with our athletes in decrying racism and inequality and creating a world that embraces equality, community, and love for all, End quote. And remember, there are several players in Athletes Unlimited that also played for This Is Us softball, which formed earlier this year after a mass exodus from the Scrapyard Dogs organization following a political tweet about the anthem and the flag from the GM. So these athletes are no stranger to this. And some have been sharing their support for these other leagues on social media too. As of now, all other signs on social media, both from athletes unlimited and the players indicates that they will still compete. They're still sharing their TV schedules and team info, et cetera, but there will be more to come in the sports world. And as we navigate this, our partner bet online is going to be right there with us and we all handle things differently. And if you need a distraction, there are lots of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Check it out to see all that's available. And of course, there's always the online casino that never, ever closes. So you can head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Remember, BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. So let's dig more into Athletes Unlimited. Games start this weekend. After all the anticipation, it's finally here. Three doubleheaders headers coming your way Saturday through Monday. Again, 56 athletes, four teams, blue, orange, purple, and gold. And there were a lot of events this past week that put the pieces in place leading up to this. So first opening ceremonies was on Monday. It lasted about 30 minutes. The founder spoke, both John's and Victoria Hayward. She was the first signee and she's the head of the player committee for Athletes Unlimited. One thing that I thought was particularly awesome was the anthem medley that was played for the athletes who represent their national teams. And they did this before playing the U.S. anthem. So in addition to Canada and Mexico, this includes Team Brazil, the Dominican Republic, France, Great Britain, Italy, and Puerto Rico all have athletes competing in Athletes Unlimited. So I thought it was really a beautiful moment that really spoke to the reach and impact of Athletes Unlimited. Then they also had a couple days of scrimmages to get some work in. But the more official reason was to designate the team's captains for the first draft. And remember, this draft is happening every week to reset the teams, and it's based on individual player points earned from performance. And I was wondering how they'd determine it for week one. I was hoping it wouldn't be based on some sort of pre-rankings or past accomplishments or assumptions, so I'm glad they did it based on real play. And the first team captains that came out of it were Nicole Penley for Team Blue, Jesse Warren for Team Orange, Sammy Fagan for Team Purple, and Haley Wagner for Team Gold. Also, shout out to Lauren Lapin, a Stanford alum and past Believe in Softball guest for being one of the advisors for Haley as she picked her team. And the draft came on Wednesday. And this was hosted by Sherry Kemp, who is the commissioner of the NPF, just a really cool representation of the partnership between those two leagues. And it was streamed on Facebook and Instagram live. The team captains sat at socially distant stations with their computers and all their tech and they were actually in a virtual zoom room with advisors on a live call to discuss strategy. So that's where Lappin came in for Haley Wagner. And each team was able to get three pitchers, two catchers, two corner infielders, two middle infielders, three outfielders, and two unlimited spots. And through all of the rounds, the first round picks, Amanda Chittister, she was number one overall. And in that round was also Kat Osterman, Danielle O'Toole, and Taylor McQuillan. So some themes I'm seeing here, little lefty pitcher love, as well as Team USA and some Team Mexico action. And honestly, no surprise that captains opted to build their batteries early, then build up the hitters around them. There was a little glitch in the 11th round with a little bit of a funky pick, but there was kind of a hilarious moment in the meantime while they figured it out. Sherry Kemp was interviewing all the captains and she asked Nicole Penley what took her so long to pick her sister Shelby, who's also in the league. And she said she just wasn't the most valuable person she needed. <laughs> and she went on to say, you know, I can't escape her at Christmas, Thanksgiving. She's always there when I go home, you know, just messing around. But she finally admitted they work well together and she's excited about playing together. And I just love the competitive family rivalry stuff. I eat that up. So I was entertained, but that's just it too. I mean, what was so interesting to me was the balance of talent. I mean, you got Olympians, NPF studs, college legends, but really for the draft, it's not just who's the best but it's who rounds out the team. Plus the scrimmages that happened this week created a what have you done for me lately factor. And that will be the case every week when we do this again. It's very much about the present. So it keeps you on your toes. And you can see the full rosters for this week on AUprosports.com. In terms of the matchups that I'm most excited to see, it's going to be really cool to see a preview for the Olympic matchups. It's been a while since we've had that. So to see USA pitchers throwing to Mexico, Canada, Italy, and vice versa. You know, I want to see Erica Piancaselli hitting off McQuillan. Monroe calling pitches to try to throw to Vic Hayward, right? But it's also going to be fun to see these Olympic teams face off against each other. We've seen it before, too, in the NPF and back in their college days, and they do their own scrimmages, but it's been a while. So, yeah, I want to see Chittister hitting off Cat Osterman. I want to see Sashell hit against Thule again, even though she told me on the show that she'd be fine if she never had to do that again, she'd rather be on the same side, but it'll be fun. I'm excited for the non-Olympic players to shine as well. These are the top players in the country, some in the world. They don't care what other affiliations you have, they'll still make you pay no matter what. I mean, you leave one over the plate. Katiana Malga is going to leave the yard. You know what I mean? And then there's the question, will Sam Shao bat flip? You know, it's like, we'll see all of these things. But the whole draft was just so fun. And it was on Women's Equality Day, which was just so poetic. But the biggest thing that matters is how to watch. So opening day is Saturday. Doubleheader is at 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. First, we'll see Team Warren, Team Orange, versus Team Fagan, which is purple. And then we'll see Team Wagner, Team Gold versus Team Penley, which is blue. And they'll mix it up on Sunday in terms of the matchups, but they'll start at the same time at 1 p.m. on ESPN 3. The remaining matchups we'll see on Monday at 4 and 8 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports. Plus, some cool recent news is that AU actually signed a deal with the Olympic Channel. So they're gonna stream all 30 games this season live to nearly 200 countries. And it'll be at olympicchannel.com and on its apps. But this just significantly expands the reach that this league and these women will get. And remember, there's lots of cool stuff coming on the broadcast too. Analysis, social media integration, slow-mo player audio, more access to what we're watching, especially since we'll be watching virtually. So the broadcaster side of me is super excited to see how it all comes together. And they've also done other things like partner up with little league softball, Nike and more. So just, so just so cool. I mean, innovation, empowerment, opportunity. I'm just excited. And I got to say good luck to all the women competing. Special shout out to past guests on this show, Canada's Vic Hayward, Mexico's Thule and Sachelle Palacios and USA's Kelsey Stewart, who are all Tokyo Olympians. I know you'll all kill it. And so will today's guest. She actually gives us the inside scoop from the bubble leading up to opening day and much more. And I caught up with her in the early days after she got to Rosemont last week. So let's listen in. She is a pro softball player with Athletes Unlimited, Canadian national team member, pitcher for the MPF's Canadian Wild, three-time Pac-12 champion at Oregon, and was a volunteer coach at Stanford as well. You know, I love that. Carissa Hovengay, thank you for joining.
2: Thank you, Jenna. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the last time that I actually saw any live softball, actually, in person, was months ago with Stanford. And there it was at the beginning of the college season in February, March. But you were training with Team Canada, I think, at that time, right?
2: Yeah. So we had just um, started our centralized training in Halifax, Nova Scotia, actually. And We were there for six weeks and at the tail end of that six weeks in um, March is when everything kind of started to happen and like slowly things were like shutting down and it was just like crazy because here I am like very, very far. That area is so far east and everything was just happening. It seemed like on the other side of the world and I was like, am I going to be able to like go back home? Am I going to be able to fly like out of here? So it was kind of scary, but... Um, yeah I was eventually able to get back to California and we were supposed to have a couple weeks off and then centralized again back in Fresno and they said you know what stay home and we'll reach out when we know anything because nobody knows anything right now so yeah oh that's the theme of 2020 right there
1: nobody knows anything (laughs) oh my gosh What have you been doing to train since the pandemic hit? Because obviously now here you are about to start Athletes Unlimited and play again, but there's been this weird, like in-between gap time. So what have you been doing in that time?
2: Yeah, it's been pretty challenging, especially initially. Um, I was just going on a lot of runs outside, trying to do some sort of body weight hit workout stuff. And then when things started to get a, a little bit more settled in and like, okay, we're in this for the long haul. One of my neighbors um, is the manager of a CrossFit gym. And so she was able to take home some, just some dumbbells and a couple weights and and things like that. And so she's got access to that programming, obviously through a CrossFit gym. And so um, I was able to do some workouts with her. Um, so that really helped me um, kind of stay in shape a little bit. And then our strength coach with Team Canada also sent us programming which was mandatory for I think a month it was mandatory for the month of May and then he and then we got time off and we it was not mandatory after that like starting in July so I was able to stick to some Team Canada programming and he got pretty creative with some of that and we used towels to like add a bunch of resistance if we didn't have access to weights but luckily I had I had some weights available to me thanks to my neighbor Nikki so that was really helpful.
1: I love the scrappiness it kind of reminds me of back in the day when we were kids and you just wanted to do anything to play right and you're just like finding anything around the house to like play some form of softball or just like mess around it's like a little bit of a throwback at least (laughs) I
2: know like I remember when I was just starting to be a pitcher just using like a tennis ball and like drawing like a square on a the brick side of our house and just like rolling my arm over trying to like hit that square over and over and over so yeah it kind of does remind me of back in those days.
1: I know, glory days kind of, right? Or the golden days, I should say. It's like, Yeah,
2: back when everything was just, it was all for fun, no pressure.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly, oh man. It's crazy though how many of us, I don't know, like the softball world is so small, like everyone I talk to has had those same type of experiences, but then we've also all kind of met each other. And even with you and I, like obviously your fiance, Brandon, is the director of operations at Stanford. And I literally sit next to him in the press box every game I've called at Stanford the past couple of years. So we're both like just as frustrated together, like just like passing notes back and forth, like, come on guys, you know, (laughs) going nuts during the game. And I think that's even how I realized that you and I overlapped a year while you were at Oregon, which is Mm -hmm. fun. Um, but I've, I've been wondering, I wanted to ask you, does Brandon catch you? Oh yeah. Yeah. How is he?
2: No, he's good. Um, so he was a student manager at Oregon when I was there playing. So for my ju- we're the same um, graduation year. We graduated the same year. So for our junior and senior years there, he got hired as one of the student managers, and that was because kind of like forte and how he got hired was through catching. He had to catch Coach White, which is obviously very challenging. And he even said he said I had to catch Coach White in my tryout, and he threw me a rise ball, and it just tipped the top of my glove and went straight over and. He was like, well, that's it. I'm not getting hired. Like, there's no way. (laughs) Um, but they ended up hiring him. And so that was kind of one of his uh, main duties was to catch the bullpens for the pitchers. And so he's been catching my bullpens for a long time now. And, um, it's had to pick up recently with, um, this new opportunity with athletes unlimited, but yeah, no, he's great. Um, he always challenges me and, um, I don't know, just a really good fiance and always really supportive.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, what an interview, like a job interview to be like, yes, you have to catch Mike White because, okay, that's the other thing too is when we played against you guys, we could, we had heard anyways, you actually, I would love for you to confirm this <laughs> that he could basically mimic any pitcher that the team was about to face essentially because he had that fast pitch background himself. He was actually able to do that for the hitters. Is that true?
2: Yeah, I think he was able to like mimic their emotion and their mechanics really well. Um, as far as the spin goes, I mean, I can't really say I, I wasn't back there trying to hit it. Um, sure. <laughs> but, I mean, he could slow the spin down or speed, the, like spin it as fast as he wants and make it move as much as he wants to. So yeah, I would, I would say he was pretty good at that. And But it was mostly like their motion and like their timing um, of the pitchers we were gonna face. So yeah, I think it was really important. But what an advantage, you know what I mean? Like I, I would have loved
1: that when I was playing. <laughs> Yeah. Also, like I've heard, he's hard to hit off of for BP. So you know, it's like, well, pick your poison, I guess.
2: Yeah, I think he gets like, um, like his ego into it a little bit, maybe. And it's like, if girls are just crushing him, he can be like, oh, like, it's it's a little much, and kind of turn it on a little bit more, and he's able to control it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of who it was. It, was it Kaylani Ricketts when she was on the show? It might have been, who said that he was like striking people out at tryouts before. And she was like, come on, man. Like we're trying to. USA. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That makes sense. That's funny.
1: It's like, geez. But anyway, (laughs) has Brandon ever tried to hit off of you though?
2: Ooh, I don't think he has. That's interesting.
1: To be honest, I feel like I would like, I would pay money to see that because he's so like high energy and into it. And you're such like a cool cucumber.
2: Yeah, I know. He's so competitive.
1: He is so competitive. And so are you. But like, you're more like, you know, cool, calm, collected. And he's like,
2: yeah, we complement each other well.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what you need. That's what you need in a life partner.
2: Yep.
1: Actually, speaking of that, have you been planning the wedding during the pandemic? And it was supposed to be an Olympic year too. Like, what a crazy time. Has there been any progress? Are you kind of like, eh, we have to wait for that?
2: So we got engaged in December. And that was before everything happened and the Olympics were still obviously going to happen in July. And so we knew already we we're like 2020 is just not even going to happen. We're not even going to think about that, like having a wedding that year. Um, and so we already had 2021 on the brain. And when the pandemic hit, I was like, should we like wait, like until this all blows over and, and then just start planning? I mean, we have all the time in the world, so that would kind of seem like a waste. And I was like, what if this doesn't go away? Then we just never start planning. And so we just kind of went for um, fall of 2021, so we set the date for uh, September 3rd, 2021, which is the Friday of the Labor Day weekend, and we're going to have it in Eugene, so where we met, so very special place to the both of us, so we're pretty excited about that.
1: Oh, congrats! I feel like that's such a big deal, especially to lock anything in during this time, let alone, you know, weddings are just a big deal in general. So nice. Congrats. congrats.
2: freaking fingers crossed that this is all gone by then. But I mean, we kind of go back and forth about whether or not we would postpone it if things are still a little crazy. And I was like, well, if it's not gone by then, then it's clearly just going to be something that's going to be a part of our lives for a long time. So like, why put the other parts of our life on hold? Like, let's just get it done. So yeah, that's a great point.
1: Honestly, I'm in in three weddings next year. Mm-hmm. And two of them were supposed to be this year, but they postponed them just did the full year, you know, just to push it out to next year. And I was glad that they were able to do that fairly easily because that's not that easy to do to change everything. Yeah. But I'm also like, kind of like you, like I really hope it's everything's fine by them, but you know what, they've they've all been waiting long enough. I think they're just gonna go for it. For sure. One of them's Lindy, actually, Lindy Laroc, who we both know yeah. from Stanford. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> but now fast forward, to where you are right now so you're in Rosemont Mm -hmm. about to start athletes unlimited I kind of want to start at the beginning like how did this opportunity come about for you especially in such a crazy time
2: I had initially heard about this idea from Victoria when we were centralized in Halifax and she told me that she had gone up to New York and I was like yeah I saw that on your on your Instagram that you had flown to New York and I had no idea why and she um, told me that she met with John and Jonathan the two of the founders of the league and kind of the angel investors for it. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, I don't know, just legit. And we were just talking about it. And Sarah Gronwagen obviously was one of the other very first players that they had um, gotten into to have the league. And um, it looked like they were like filling up that roster really quickly, especially once um, COVID hit and the Olympics weren't happening. They were getting a lot of the Team USA players to a part of it and then I think just kind of as things were progressing and some people were kind of dropping out some people just aren't sure given the time and Sarah unfortunately couldn't be one of the players anymore even though like she was initially on the forefront of all of the process and um just with her being um a diabetic it's like super tough and so Victoria reached out and um said that they had an opening for a pitcher and if I was interested initially I was like a little bit hesitant because like I wasn't getting obviously the repetitions that I would want going into a league like this and competing against some of the players I'm gonna compete against, but I'm sure we're all kind of on the same page in, in that regard. So it's just, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's go for it. This is super exciting opportunity and I wasn't initially gonna have it and now I do. And I mean, I would be kind of silly not to take this opportunity.
1: I love that you're going for it because yeah, you're right. Everyone's getting the rest off. Like everyone's going to feel that way. So at least it's like you're all in the same boat. Mm
2: -hmm. So yeah, it didn't really happen until about two and a half weeks ago, but yep, and now I'm here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. And so now that you are there and you're, well, once you start, what is your goal? Like, what are you trying to get out of it? Obviously repetitions, of course, Mm -hmm. but what else?
2: Yeah, just like, getting the opportunity to compete and play the game again I haven't played in a game in more than a year so that's super exciting and then playing with and against like all these super high level players and with a lot of players that I've admired watching and playing against um, throughout college and um, even those who are older than me like Kat Osterman I remember watching her obviously when I was younger and watching her at Texas and with Team USA even and just super unbelievable that like I get to like stand alongside someone like that like wow I don't know it's I kind of have to pinch myself it's kind of crazy I don't want to sound like I'm like fangirling her but I kind of am
1: hey literally it's impossible not to fangirl Kat Osterman I'm pretty sure so (laughs) I think everyone is gonna feel that way
0: yeah
1: I feel like too because there are like you said Victoria Hayward there's you know there's Team Canada representation too mm-hmm. in Athletes Unlimited, and have you guys actually named the Olympic team yet? Because last time, I had talked with—I think it was Vic Hayward actually—earlier mm-hmm. this spring. It was still hadn't yet because the pandemic changed everything, and it was all kind of up in the air.
2: <clears throat> yeah, so we there's 20 of us competing for those 15 spots still, and we're all all 20 of us are still in line to. To go for it and I think last year it was um, before the pandemic it w- the timeline was kind of picking the team I think maybe in May or something because um, we were going to once we we're centralized we were going to start to play some college teams while we were down in Fresno and I think we we're even maybe going to go to Japan and play some professional teams and based on those um, showings of all the players I think they were going to make their decisions based on that and so I'm it's unconfirmed, but I feel like we're gonna probably go along that same type of timeline for this next year as well. I mean,
1: maybe. Do you think this opportunity with athletes unlimited is another way for
2: you all to showcase why you would earn a spot? Um, it's it's really hard to say. I mean, um, I think it's all gonna kind of be about about like who's hot at the moment. True. Uh, And so, yeah, like a lot can change from now until we have to kind of try out again in in 2021 and in February, March, and May, and April. And so I think it'll probably be more based on who's doing well at that moment in 2021 versus how well we do um, here.
1: I mean, that makes sense because that's the thing about the Olympics. It's like you're trying to peak at the right time. Also, you try to do that anyway, kind of like with the World Series and college softball and and championships and everything, but... because it's like once every four years and for us in softball it's like hey 13 (laughs) years whatever you know like it's so important so I I get that makes sense but I guess it's like maybe athletes unlimited then it's just a way for you guys all to set yourself up to hopefully peak at the right time then it's another way to do that
2: yeah just any opportunity you get to just compete in general and play in like a meaningful game against good competition is something you got to take advantage of and it's it's never a bad thing so Oh, for
1: sure. I feel like I've seen you in so many different uniforms and so much different swag. Like obviously Team Canada, like Oregon, you know, all of these things. But I feel like I've seen a little bit on Instagram some athletes Unlimited swag that you guys got.
2: Uh, yeah. So when we, I I know the players who had kind of been um, committed to this for a while now got some stuff in the mail, but I kind of joined on so last minute, so I didn't um, get that stuff in the mail, but hopefully that's coming my way because I saw a pretty cool backpack that I would like. But um, (laughs) when we actually um, just showed up into our hotel room, there was a a, another little drawstring bag of some things and um, like some a water bottle, a notebook and this cool little pillow. And um, yeah, so a lot of cool stuff. And I think we're getting some uniforms soon and some stuff to practice in and um, the uniforms are Nike. So that's really exciting. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun. It's always fun to have a little Christmas.
1: Exactly. That's what Mm -hmm. we used to call it in college. We'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. it's Nike Christmas, you know, like so excited.
2: Yeah. And I think Oregon actually sent um, myself and three of the other players from Oregon some stuff. Gwen texted me and the three other players and said, Oregon sent us a package like we have to open it together. And so fingers crossed that that's something cool, too.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
2: I mean, honestly, like we – I cannot complain. We got a lot of Nike
1: stuff at Stanford because that was – we were – we had a partnership with them too. But, I mean, Oregon, that it's Nike country. Like, you guys get the best of the best always. And I remember being a little jealous sometimes. And so I'm not surprised to hear that, like, to this day, you're still getting stuff from Oregon.
2: Yeah, I know. I see sometimes on social media, like, some of, like, the, the famous NBA players and they – like send them like shoes and, and things like that. I'm like, dang, those are really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're like, can you send that softballs way, please? Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> well, what is the bubble like so far?
2: So we got here, we had to come straight from the airport. They picked us up in a shuttle straight from the airport, straight to the hotel. Couldn't really, couldn't go anywhere, obviously. Um, they wanted us to wait to get tested before we even went anywhere or see saw anybody, even people, part of athletes unlimited and so we got we all got tested yesterday I think everything went well as I haven't heard anything crazy about if anyone tested positive so that's really good um and now I can finally start to like practice a little bit I had a, a bullpen earlier today and they're just doing a really incredible and diligent job of making sure everybody's safe and laying out guidelines and things that we need to do in order to stay safe. And we're getting tested twice a week. And it's just, it's kind of, it's so incredible. And I legitimately feel like a, a professional athlete, which I mean, for like female athletes, I just, I don't know, I feel super blessed. And I think it's so crazy and I'm so grateful for all the work that they're doing. And I'm just, I'm honestly blown away by it. I'm
1: so glad to hear that because that's what excited well me and i think anybody who read about athletes unlimited happening and the fact that they're even starting with softball Mm -hmm. for all these pro leagues is so so cool so -hmm. to hear that like you feel safe it's so professional like everything is really like i feel like they've done a great job too in terms of promotion and just like a lot of content they're putting out and i mean i follow it all (laughs) for obvious reasons but I, i feel like you know it's just such a good starting point and your schedule I know you said it's like kind of this weird balance because you have like a lot going on but also like you're kind of quarantining too so yeah,
2: yeah we can't go anywhere yeah I meant to say that when you asked about the bubble yep can't go anywhere even though we are testing negative and, and all those things like it's just go to the field get your work done and come back like can't really hang around and watch your friends practice or hit or anything like that so you just go there for your time slot and come back so you're doing a really good job of uh, keeping us safe that way
1: yeah, I feel like I saw some face masks with like AU logos on it and stuff. I was like, I might want to get me one of those, to be honest.
2: I yeah, was in the swag bag when we got to the hotel. They did they did uh, hook us up with some face masks. So
1: Right, you can't go anywhere. So it is kind of like there's this level of isolation. I mean, I think I would assume that eventually you guys, obviously you'll be playing together, right? So you'll be around each other. Mm-hmm. But one thing I really think about that not everybody maybe realizes is like the amount of sacrifices that go into you guys all having to do that. Of course, you're doing something you love. Mm
2: -hmm. This is a
1: huge opportunity, but there's a lot that goes into going into the bubble, like making this your sole priority. I mean, I, hey, when we were trying to schedule this call and you were like, hey, I really would would like to try to maximize the time I have with my fiance, you know, before we did, like, I respected that so much because people don't realize like there's so much else that's going on. You guys are people too.
2: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's 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 hard I feel like because all of us are all the players I'm sure have lived very active lifestyles and so kind of just being stuck in like your respective room or like little area is a little bit difficult we do have access to a weight room but we can't get in there until we test negative twice so I have had to be a little creative with um trying to be somewhat active in this smaller hotel room and i'm sure a lot of the players feel that way and yeah we all live such active lifestyles so i think that's probably the most challenging part is trying to like stay fit while quarantining i i don't think it's a huge deal honestly to not have to go to target across the street like whatever just get someone else to deliver um stuff but i would say that's the biggest thing for me and i would imagine the other athletes is trying to lift some weights or whatever. Um, Just stay active in the bubble.
1: For sure. I'm curious how it'll be with virtual fans too. Like have have you thought about that? Like what it's going to be like to play without fans? Because that's so new.
2: I have thought about it. Um, watching the baseball on TV and and basketball. The basketball is so cool because they're like live and they're actually like moving and things like that and I, I mean i don't think baseball obviously couldn't and softball probably couldn't pull that off with um being outside and potential for rain with the technology part but um yeah it is gonna be so weird like i literally have imagined it like myself in the middle of the field throwing with nobody around and just being able to like hear everything <laughs> i don't know it's gonna be <laughs> that's weird a, i, I that's can't true. even football like a a sport where you like literally rely on the crowd and like getting like amped up with the adrenaline from the crowd and then they're not going to have that. I mean, I'm assuming like that's going to be tough for those NFL players.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I guess that means it's like there is no home field advantage, really. Like at least not as much other than familiarity with the facility, I guess. But if everybody's going into a bubble, like how you guys are all in one place, Well, and you have different teams every week anyway. So I guess there really is no like home team in your case. That's so interesting. Yeah. But I feel like, so there's 56 of you. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: How many of these players have you competed with or against before? Because I feel like between college and international and even the MPF, like there can't be very many that you don't know.
2: Um, I definitely know of very vast majority of them. I've heard their names or I've played against them either in college or internationally. Um and then just there's four of us from Team Canada and four of us from Oregon. So that's like six other players that I've had a previous connection with, but other than that I really don't know personally that many people. So it's been kind of tough especially with the mask wearing. Um ah to familiarize yourself with everybody like you can't read facial expressions and I'm like wait have I met you have I introduced myself to you like I know all of their names but sometimes the faces are um a little tougher
1: that's such a good point and I've heard that people are starting to do like the clear mask for um just for accessibility really so that like if you're deaf you're able to read that person's lips because that's a big issue with masks but even just for kind of like casual interactions and meeting people I mean that would be nice
2: I know I haven't seen any of those out and about I haven't seen the clear mask I've heard of them but I haven't seen just like a random stranger wearing them yet but no I need to get some of those clear masks because my grandma's actually deaf Ah. and I I did see her um, because I did go uh, home to Nebraska for a brief moment um, before I came here and and I did see my grandma and I had to wear a mask obviously and stay outside and do all those things and it's just so hard to communicate with her in general even without wearing a mask and so having to like try and have a conversation with her with a mask on is really tough so I'm going to need to invest in those clear masks.
1: Yeah I think I'm with you on that because you're right I haven't actually seen them much either but I read about them so it's like yeah maybe we should just start ordering like let's just do this. (laughs) The other thing is you're playing against your team Canada teammates for the first time in a a long time because it's like yeah I guess you did that in college like Vic Hayward's at Washington you're at Oregon like that's not anything new but it's been a long time since it's been like you guys aren't on the same team what do you think that's going to be like kind of being on the other side again at times
2: oh yeah I mean we do scrimmage each other um quite a bit when we're um Training with Team Canada, we do a lot of the the scrimmaging just because like not a lot of better competition than us playing each other. So um, other than that, though, yeah, it's going to be really strange because I love having my teammates out there to look at. And that connection of like that eye contact when I'm out there on the mound is so huge and important for me as a pitcher personally. Um, that's something that that really like hypes me up and gets me going when I'm pitching is seeing that eye contact and familiarity with my teammates. And so, yeah, that's going to be a tough adjustment and they know kind of ways that I tick, and and how I am as a pitcher and kind of my tendencies and like how the ball comes off the bat. Um, when I'm out there, um, I get a lot of ground balls. So it's going to be weird playing with like a defense behind me who's going to be spectacular, obviously, like all these players are going to be, they're all amazing. Um, and I know they're going to play great defense behind me, but it's just going to be really different.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that totally like everybody's there for a reason, right? Like this is an a group, but there is that just rapport that you have that comes with time and you can't really replicate it like out of nowhere. And so, yeah, like as a pitcher for you, it's like, there might be some advantages. And there might be some disadvantages of changing teams all the time. Mm-hmm. What are the biggest ones that you think of off the top
2: of your head? Well, pitching to my team canada teammates and probably oregon teammates they know how i pitch um they kind of know my strengths and weaknesses and so i would say that's a big advantage for them um but at the same time i kind of know where their sweet spot is with hitting so I go either way that way <laughs> um but yeah you have, kind of have no control over where you're going to go and whose team you're going to be on and disadvantage for sure is throwing to a catcher you haven't thrown with before and they don't really know kind of your strengths and where you like to throw and am I going to be like shaking off constantly when I'm out there I don't know like yeah trying to, during this um, time leading up to the games these couple of weeks I'm trying to like throw to different catchers if I can but yeah I mean there's definitely going to be a, a time where I have to throw to someone that I have never thrown to before and that that's going to be a disadvantage probably. Totally.
1: Because there's nothing more important than your battery. I mean, just full stop. (laughs) That's the other thing too. It's like you're facing everybody. So it's like, wow, there's a lot of, so many great hitters (laughs) that you're going to have to come against. But at the same time, at least you're not facing the same lineup over and over and over, like in the same order, because people have said that about the MPF, where it's like, wow, you face the same people (laughs) over and over. They just know, they know you by then.
2: Yeah, like you, the pitcher might have the advantage maybe the first like three or four weeks, but then as you start to see everybody over and over and over by the latter half of the season, it's like, okay, the hitters know exactly what I'm trying to do here.
1: (laughs) But I mean, that is going to be, I guess, an element of the Olympics because you've all played each other so much on the international circuit too, so.
2: Absolutely, it's all about, trying to find that like little edge above the other person because you know again everybody's seen everybody and everybody knows everything about everyone and film and all that's out there and so it's just more like the competitive edge and probably mindset honestly that's going to make the difference
1: yeah I I mean I feel like softball in general it's a kind of control what you can control type of game because there's so much out of our control but for this even more so because it's like you don't have that team specific stuff. So you all kind of have to just rely on your foundation to work with each other. So it's kind of like just control, like what you know, and then the rest of it will have to just work out.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think the fact that they're giving bonuses based on like your individual performance. I mean, there are like, there's a huge advantage to obviously winning the game and that involves the entire team, but you're kind of accountable for your own, performance, and that's going to affect you personally and not necessarily everybody else. So um, advantage and disadvantage, I would say, depending on how you look at it.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. Because one thing we said a lot in college was like, it's so rare for a group of you, the way that you do in college softball and in any high level team, Team Canada, anything, but it's so rare that a group of people are all working towards the same goal at the same time in that way.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and so with athletes unlimited it's like you still have an element of that of everyone want you know you still want to win you still you still want to do all those things and perform well but it's kind of like it shakes it up a little bit in terms of like what those common goals are I don't know it like makes you rethink
2: yeah and depending on how you look at it like the perceived pressure I guess you could say could you're either going to add it on to yourself in your own individual performance or Cause you're not necessarily like, like it's, you are like, you're playing for the team and you want to win, but it's just, it's so different and it's going to be so interesting.
1: One, you have the very unique situation of a teammate who's actually going to call your games on the broadcast, Daniel Lori's is doing it, which is awesome. Like she's your teammate from C- team Canada and people, that happens in the sense that like, Oh, there might be a former teammate, you know, calling a game for someone they know who's playing, but it's a current teammate for you guys so are you kind of like hey man like talk me up on there like nudge <laughs> nudge or are you are you like more laid back
2: um yeah I mean I don't really care what gets talked about I mean I I watch her games a lot and when whenever she's commentating and I always think she does a great job and I honestly I really love listening to her and hearing um her perspective and, it, and usually it's in favor of the pitcher which I'm always appreciative of <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I think she's going to do a fantastic job and I'm excited to, when she comes around, see her and say hi from a distance, but yeah, I'm not too worried about anything. I know she's going to say all positive things about me, so it's fine.
1: (laughs) Of course you will. Of course you will. Yes. And of course she's like pitchers mindset, you know, that angle. I do though, like how she's like also tells it like it is too yeah. like sometimes she'll be like you know what they needed to show up better today or something like I appreciate the realness so I'm so excited for that for all of you guys too
2: yeah like even I've noticed when she like commentates for Washington she's she's for sure she's so real and she's she may be biased for pictures, but I don't think she's biased for Washington honestly like no yeah if anything just, almost harder fun. on yeah. yeah for sure
1: I don't know I, I'm, I'm excited that'll be fun I'm excited to as the viewer see her a game for you guys like just (laughs) witness it all Mm -hmm. kind of it's like it's basically like softball's a small world like on display for all of us
0: yeah
2: I think she'll draw a lot of cool connections and and strum up a lot of stories about all that too so that'll be cool
1: you talked about Halifax earlier because she was with you there but I have to ask like how is Rosemont compared to Halifax or even compared to Nebraska where you grew up and Eugene I feel like you've played in like all climates before
2: Yeah, so when we were in Halifax, obviously it was was pretty dang cold and and the weather weather wasn't super awesome, but obviously so beautiful, like any part of Canada that I've been to is just so beautiful. Um, And then being from Nebraska, obviously vastly different scenery going on, um, very flat. And I haven't like been around this area too much, just obviously playing um, in Rosemont. And I think I had a travel ball tournament In this area when I was younger but haven't really been able to truly experience Chicago I would say so I don't think I can fairly judge Um, but the weather I must say today was is fantastic it's like 75 not humid and I know that's abnormal for this time of year here but no complaints so far with the weather so we'll see hopefully that can keep up.
1: That's such an advantage especially you're creeping into fall so maybe it'll be like a little bit better than like the heat of the middle of the summer you know what I mean but I always think of uh, Eugene too because for the opposite reason because of all the rain mm-hmm. I remember when we were there one time can't remember what year it was maybe my senior year or something but it was pouring down rain and so we were in a game delay and the crew came out to kind of do what they could to the field but they literally had this tool that like I know exactly. it, was, it was like fire yeah. coming out of it to like to dry the field or like something and we were like oh my god, like, what is happening? Are they lighting the field on fire? Like, what's going on? But, but it, you know, after that, like, the field was totally playable, but I was, like, so impressed by, by, like, how they had it together.
2: Yeah, no, our field crew was, it was on, they were on top of it. Um, Bill was his name. He led that charge, but yeah, it was the, the device was called the Dragon, and yes, it did shoot fire onto the field in order to dry it, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. He did, he did a great job, and I only played at Howfield when I was there. And so I can only imagine um, how fantastic it is now at the Jane. So
1: the dragon, I actually, honestly, I'm like, I love it even more now that I know that it's called the dragon. I wish <laughs> we would have known that then. Cause that's so fun.
2: <laughs> I wonder if they're still using it. They have to be it, it's, it works so well.
1: You got, probably like literally, I was shocked. I was like, there's no way like this field is like soaked whatever and then all of a sudden it was like beautiful we were like oh okay I guess we're playing a ball game today yeah so impressive but yeah I was thinking about that before we were chatting just like you've literally played in the major heat the cold like the rain like when like everything
2: and I was actually I uh, did my uh, graduate degree at Minnesota and I was a graduate manager there and That's that's a different level right there, that playing in March in the Big Ten, like, that's just on another level of coldness that I have experienced. Like, obviously, I'm from Nebraska, so I've experienced the cold, but never having to, like, actually try and play in that cold of weather, and I was out there doing the film in the outfield, and there's, like, nothing blocking the wind when I'm sitting out there. Oh, man, it was so miserable. (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh. Layers upon layers. Mm-hmm. I'm a California girl and I moved to Connecticut and got a little bit of a wake-up call. Not as not as bad as Minnesota. I cannot say that it's that intense. But just like the amount of layers you have to wear and you have to put like each one on. and Then when you get somewhere, you have to take each one off. And I was like, this is like, I mean, I sound soft because I am, but <laughs> it's like a whole process. Like it's just a different way to live.
2: Such a process. And if, if you are prepared and have all of the things you need, like it's not Terrible. Like, if you have the right shoes, you have the face covering, you got the heavy coat on, like, it's but it is a process and like getting all of that crap on, going where you need to go, and taking all of it off. And then you're sweating by that point because you're just so hot and like from lugging around all this crap. And <laughs> then you got to carry it around with you all day. Like, I had classes, like, I had to park my car, walk in my snow boots, get to class. I'm not going to wear these snow boots all day. No. So take them off, put my regular shoes on, but I got to haul these big shoes around all day. Cause when I walk back to my car, I got to put them back on. So yeah, it is a, it's a different lifestyle that they live up there.
1: I know when I was talking to coach Alistair about like the, some of the teams that came to play Stanford, like Hofstra came this season, this past season in 2020 at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so interesting. Like they're away for their whole preseason. She's like, yeah, that's what you got to do. They can't play like, back there we had to do that at Minnesota too we like barely played at home before conference even started and I was like wow did not think about it
2: we traveled at Minnesota they traveled I mean obviously what is there five weeks of pre-conference preseason games so we traveled those five weeks and then we didn't play a home game in conference until like two weeks in so it was like seven weeks straight of traveling like insane
1: so crazy that's nuts
2: it, it was. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm not
1: over it because it's just, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to have to deal with.
2: Past two years at Stanford, though, I was like, this is what it's like. Because even at Oregon, we traveled, um, we didn't host any um, tournaments at, like I said, at Field. like they're hosting tournaments now that they have that new stadium. But so we traveled for the first five weeks. And then my time at Stanford, when I was the volunteer this past few years, like they host at home I was like oh my gosh this is what it's like like this is amazing we don't have to get on a plane like the weather's gorgeous it's February like what did I do? why didn't I come to a school like this like
1: <laughs> well okay that was this year but last year do you remember oh yeah the, the torrential
2: that was hor- that was horrific yeah that was oh rough. my gosh
1: we started playing video games in the press box and I literally we were just messing around with the crew like the streaming crew I just started calling play-by-play like for the video games because we were just like we have no idea when we're gonna play.
2: Yeah, the rain would just like start and then stop, and that was like the worst part about it. It's like just like rain and like wash it all out. Like let's just like
1: exactly.
2: It. But no, it would like give us some light, and then it would come back and rain, and then it was like, oh, here's some hope. No, come back and rain. Like that's exactly. what part about it. Yeah,
1: that's how I am about weather. I'm like just decide. I can handle it but I just need you to decide mother nature, like, well, at least like you're probably not going to have to deal with any of that in Rosemont for athletes unlimited. Thank goodness.
2: I mean, yeah, I'm hoping so I keep checking uh, the weather and I don't see any rain on the radar thus far. I mean, six weeks is a long time. I find it hard to believe that we won't find some sort of weather issue in six weeks, but fingers crossed.
1: Hopefully at least not snow hopefully, I would yeah. think.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm knocking on some wood for that one. That yeah, just in case. <laughs> you never know. So true. Oh, God,
1: you just <laughs> never know. You never know. A couple things that are pretty cool about AU too is the, there are some professional development opportunities and like civil leadership opportunities where you can get involved with certain organizations. Have you looked into or kind of thought about what you're going to do?
2: Yeah, so I actually just got off of a Zoom call yesterday, um, and it was all revolving around that, and there's like three different areas of civic leadership that they're getting involved in. One of them is obviously encouraging everyone to vote, so I'll just go ahead and say that right now. Everybody go vote, register to vote, get that done. Um, The second one is with the Girl Scouts of America. Um, They're partnering with them, and then the third one is uh, our athletes' causes, and so they're grouping up with, um, it's called Give Lively. And this company called Give Lively um, is partnered with other nonprofit organizations. And it's basically them promoting these nonprofit organizations to whoever, other businesses. But for us, they're going to, um, Give Lively is going to donate 50% of every athlete's, 50% of their bonuses to their um, nonprofit of their choice. So that's just, I mean, that's incredible and that's amazing. And I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it and it's just unbelievable. Um, And so, yeah, when I initially heard about this, I was like, oh, I really want to do ALS. I know a couple people who in my life who have been impacted by ALS. And so that was like the initial one that came to my mind. Um, But unfortunately, they weren't one of those organizations that Give Lively is um, working with. And so I reflected on some of the other organizations and they have a vast range of nonprofits to choose from. They've got everything from like animal rights, civil injustice, like domestic violence, um, stuff about the, the planet and the environment. Um and then obviously all these ones involving um like health. But I ended up deciding on the Humane Society because I I feel like that was the one I could closely relate to the most was um, with the Humane Society. So I'm really excited about that.
1: That's awesome. That's super, super cool. I'd love that they're doing that and that you you guys have a voice in it, meaning you get to choose like which organization. Like I think that's a really cool theme actually about Athletes Unlimited in general is that the players have a say and a voice and how everything's run. But when it comes to to this part in particular, I don't know, just so cool. Like it's, it's just, expanded impact that you all get to have that and you already have are going to have a big impact i think just by playing Mm -hmm. and just being visible like being on espn cbs all that stuff but kind of taking that to the next level with all this is awesome
2: yeah no i'm really excited it's super unbelievable like i said i have to like pinch myself that i get to even be a part of this first season
1: well now you've inspired me to get girl scouts um while i on my way to maybe go vote, and then donate to the organizations in the meantime, too.
2: Without cookies, that's never a bad idea, let's be yeah.
1: honest. <laughs> What's your go-to?
2: Oh, I love the, I feel like everywhere has different names for all of them. True. Also, depending on what part of the country you live in. So I'm yeah. just going to describe them. I love like the, well, Samoas, I guess, the coconut chocolate ones. and. Yep, okay. Um, the peanut butter patties like the chocolate covered peanut butter ones anything chocolate and peanut butter is I'm, I'm all in
1: yes um, that's my favorite too and I also call them peanut butter patties but some people call them tagalongs which I don't like you said <laughs> I don't really get why they're different names but whatever they're still yeah. good
2: yeah and then I honestly un- unpopular opinion but I like the lemon ones really yeah those ones are good
1: I've never even really
2: been on the bottom like a like this coating on the bottom and then the top's like a shortbread cookie type oh it's so good
1: well you know what the lemon ones need love too yeah (laughs) oh man well one thing I wanted to ask you too I'm thinking about how everybody's rusty you know and everyone's trying to like get the reps in and all that stuff but I was curious when was the last time that you actually hit
2: like swung a bat oh um (laughs) I haven't swung about bat in a really long time and honestly a lot of regret with that um I think it was I didn't even really hit in high school because my high school I should have because we didn't have the best hitting high school team and honestly a lot of our games were like one nothing two nothing and so um but no I didn't even really hit in high school and I kind of got mad at my because my high school coach was like I don't want you to get hit and then get hurt and like not be able to throw I'm like yeah, but nobody in high school, especially in Nebraska, can throw hard enough to even <laughs> hurt me. Come on, like, I definitely, I should have pushed more with that, but whatever. Yeah, so it's it's definitely been a while. I, I would hit every now and then on my travel ball team, like, not a lot, because we actually had a pretty stacked travel ball team, and um, every now and then, I would get to go in there, and everyone would get mad because I'd just, like, hop on in, and then just, like, get a hit, <laughs> like, look at this, this is easy you're one of those people yeah yeah i was always a good bunter i always pride myself on my bunting because like i knew what the pitcher was trying to do because it's what i would do especially um at that lower level you're just trying to get them to like like throw it high so they pop up they don't have as good of discipline as as obviously they they do now but um so yeah i was always a great bunter (laughs) whenever people ask about when i was hitting back in the day i would say i was a good bunter (laughs) you know what i respect that though because
1: People aren't as good at bunting anymore, in my opinion. I feel like the fundamentals aren't as strong. Yeah. Yes, it's all about the long ball. Exactly. And it's like, you know what? We need to get back to fundamentals here. Actually, I asked, speaking of Vic Hayward, we've been t- we've mentioned her a few times, but I asked her her thoughts on like bat flips and stuff. And um, she was like, honestly, I'd rather bat flip a really nice bunt than a home run. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I like it.
2: <laughs> she, Yeah, she... You got to respect the bond with Vic, because I mean, she can she can do it all. Like, yeah, you can't you can't really predict what what she's gonna do, because like, yeah, she can true triple threat right there. Mad respect for her.
1: Very true. I'm excited to see you guys play together and against each other. Like, hopefully, both at different times this season.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: Well, okay. So, if you had to pick one thing about Athletes Unlimited even though you're still in the bubble, <laughs> but like one thing that you're excited about, like a new rule
2: or just an aspect about it, what would your favorite thing be? Mm. It's hard to say, cause we haven't like gone through the whole drafting process yet and like picked a team. Maybe I can check back in and in a couple weeks in, but one thing that I did see that I'm honestly, it's going to be really, really tough <laughs> is we can't like lick our hands and touch the ball. And like me as a pitcher, I do that a lot <laughs> oh. and it's just like automatic and like so routine for me. So I, I don't know. It's like, I'm literally gonna have to consciously think about not doing it. Um, so what do they do
1: if you do it? Do they like just
2: automatic swap the ball? Do they like spray with sanitizer? Like, I need to find out a little bit more because I'm honestly a little, and I'm like getting in my own head about it. It's so dumb, but um, I'll have to ask. I, I, I'm not sure if we maybe get fined for doing it. Oh, wow. I mean, I could see that just
1: based, you know, on on the way the world is right now. But yeah, that's a good point because every pitcher and hitter, really, you have like your routine that you do before you start. It's like before you step on the mound, you have your thing you do every hitter before they get in the box. And if it's like, if that's part of it, it is going to be hard, (laughs) but you'll be fine. Yeah,
2: we'll we'll see. (laughs) You'll
1: adjust. You'll adjust. It's a game of adjustments. You got it
2: okay i got it i gotta say that in my head i
1: got that (laughs) you got it you can do it okay well i wanted to wrap up with a very short game called safer out and i do this with everybody it's very it's fun no pressure some people like kind of freak out they're like what do you mean but it's no big deal um basically i'll bring up a topic and if you like it or you agree with it you'll say safe you'll call it safe or if you don't you'll call it out does that make sense
2: okay yeah
1: okay all right so the first one is face masks or like face guards not the not the covid mask, but like a face guard for pitchers, safer out
2: i agree with i'd rather have a face mask does that safe mean is that what i mean yeah okay yeah (laughs) i've never worn a face guard and i don't know um wait are you talking about okay wait this is dumb. Are you talking about COVID like face masks? No, so not um, COVID. I know when I
1: when I came up with this, I was um, like, wait, I have to, I'm, it's going to be confusing. No, no, no. Like literally like the face protectors. That's what okay. I should have said. Face protector.
2: Safer okay. out. Um, Out. I mean, I totally get it. I don't wear one personally, but I, I truly think that if I did get a comebacker and it, it hit me in the face, like, yeah, I think I would wear one, but I mean, knock on wood, that hasn't happened. And so I, I do not currently wear one, but I totally get it.
1: Yeah. I feel like most people who do either they start, they started young or they've had some sort of like experience where they're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm wearing this from now on.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, some of the, the really, really young kids, like, but I don't know. They, I see like the outfielder's wearing it and it's just, it's a little much. That's a little much. Hopefully that goes away as a yeah. older.
1: I agree with that because it's like, come on, you got to be able to, I mean, if you're tiny, maybe, but you got to learn how to field it and catch correctly.
2: Like, years down the line, we don't see like college outfielders wearing a face mask. That would be, that'd be a lot.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. So, so out for that one. Okay. Okay. You are a pitcher. You like getting outs. I get it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, the second one is something I've asked a bunch of people and I kind of hinted at this already, but bat flips. Say for out.
2: Hmm. I, I mean, I'm gonna say out just because I'm a pitcher, and I, it's never happened to me. I, I think that's a kind of a new trend, and maybe yeah. like just a trend in NCAA. I can't really imagine people doing it in international ball. Um, when I see it in action, it doesn't really bother me. But maybe if I was out there, who I was the one who threw the pitch, then maybe it would bother me a little bit. But Yeah, I'm kind of indifferent, but we'll go with out.
1: I feel like for most pitchers, it's typically out. But you never know because sometimes they're like hard on themselves. Like, well, if I threw it down the middle, then I deserve it, you know?
2: I hear that. What did Danielle say? Because she hit too. So I'm curious.
1: I know. So I did ask her, of course, had to. Um, She was like, she definitely, she said out, but she was like, in addition to that, the next time that person comes up, they better be ready to get one in the ribs. So yeah she was very very uh yeah <laughs>
2: about that classic danielle answer right there
1: <laughs> i know i know i know so funny and i had i was curious too because obviously like you know sam Shaw's in the league and mm-hmm. it's like her thing and i don't know like like you said it's kind of more trendy like with the younger girls that are starting to come up but you're right i can't imagine i don't remember ever seeing it in international ball but anyway
2: we'll see how it goes down here <laughs> yeah
1: well the last question I have for you is about Oregon because I've always wondered this. So the Oregon basketball court, the mm-hmm. trees, like the tree pattern that's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Safer out.
2: Oh, absolutely safe.
1: Absolutely. I knew you were going to say that.
2: I mean, whatever. It's I think it's unique and cool and it's definitely not worse than that blue turf that Boise State uses. So Fair. I mean, I get it. It's it's not even that hard to look at. Like, it's, it's a very neutral color. And it's not even on that much of the court,
1: in my opinion. Honestly, that's what I expected. But I had to ask because I feel like anyone I talked to, if you went to Oregon, you're like, Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Love it. And everyone else is like, Oh, my God, I hate it. So <laughs> I needed your your opinion on that. What's
2: your opinion on it.
1: I'm I'm out. But it's purely because it's really like, yeah, I didn't go to Oregon. They're like a Pac-12 rival, right? Like, my thing too was I was like, but wait, we're the trees. Like, we have a weird mascot already. At least let us have the tree thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah.
2: Stanford's so classic though. I feel like they wouldn't necessarily go like do anything super like outrageous that way with like their brand. Their brand is so like clean and classic.
1: True. It's very that's minimal, minimalist.
2: Yeah. That's a compliment. That's not, I'm not hating.
1: No, no, no. You're right. Yeah. Like you're a hundred percent right. Even like the way they did the home of champions and all that stuff is so like understated and like
2: yeah everything's so uniform they're like even on campus like all the buildings look the same and it's just very slick yeah true mr a all about those aesthetics
1: i was gonna say ariaga <laughs> in the house literally every building every house <laughs> <laughs> all right so two outs in a safe all right fair enough well thanks so much Krista. this was fun i mean it was great to like chat with you check in tell Brandon I say hi but I loved having you hope you had a good time and honestly good luck with the season too super excited to watch you
2: thank you thank you so much for having me always love talking softball that's for sure
1: really cool to talk to Carissa and hear about what life is like with Athletes Unlimited and to get a glimpse into one of the stories and backgrounds that these women are bringing to this new league now again, this was early in the bubble when I talked to her. So some stuff has already changed. They got more AU swag. She did end up getting that Oregon gear. They did the draft, et cetera. And we're going to see it all come together this weekend. But I won't be surprised if her fiance, Brandon, finds a way to get a cardboard cut out of him in the stands. So we'll see. But since we're sliding into fall and back into softball season, this week's double play tip is about sliding. See what I did there? But really, there are many different ways to slide into a base or home plate. There's a pop-up slide, a hook slide, a diving head first, et cetera. But for our purposes today, I'm going to start by breaking down a standard feet first slide. So physically, you want to keep it natural. As you get ready to leave your feet to actually slide on the ground, you tuck one foot behind your opposite leg, either behind your knee or behind your calf, kind of like a figure four. And you don't want to tuck it too high up by your hamstring because you won't have the freedom to move and your foot could get caught. It just there's less mobility. So that leg that is tucked is the side that you actually slide on and put your weight on as you move across the ground. In terms of which leg you should tuck, whichever side that feels the most natural. When I first started, my dad had me do something super basic. He had me stand up and just drop into a figure four on the ground, obviously bracing myself with my hands, (laughs) but you'll naturally kind of kick one leg out and tuck the other. And so whichever side kind of happens naturally, that's probably what you go with. Trial and error also works too. Just try both legs, see what's better. It's that simple, but that figure four is the general position you'll be in. The other thing is that when you actually are on the ground, you wanna slide on your leg rather than your butt cheek. As you slide, your weight should be mostly on the side of your shin, knee, and your hamstring quad area, not your ankle. Try to keep that firm without bending it towards the ground. You'll get scraped up or sprain it, or hurt it. But this also means that you're somewhat upright with just a slight lean. And you have your hand or your arm on that same side that you're leaning on, ready to help you push off the ground if you need to get up. And as you get better, you actually be so smooth, you won't even necessarily need that help to get up. You'll know how to do it, but it's a good backup. Some people tend to lean too far backward when they slide. So this shifts their weight up higher onto their butt. And this really isn't efficient. I mean, then your upper body is moving in the opposite direction of the base you're trying to get to. And you wanna be able to get up quickly if there's an overthrow and you wanna take another base, for example. So the more horizontal you are in parallel with the ground, the harder it is to get back up to vertical and run. And a lot of us got raspberries when we were younger and for starting out with our slides. So for those who don't know, this is a scrape that's kind of on the upper back part of your leg under your butt. And it comes from sliding that way, especially back in the shorts days. We had sliding shorts, but you know, they only did so much. Longtime softball players all know what I'm talking about. But if you slide correctly, raspberries really aren't a thing anymore. So it's really more of a pastime. The other thing is, is the timing of when you should start your slide. It's really a balance of giving yourself enough room, but not too much room so that you don't reach the bag. The general rule is to kind of start your slide at least a few feet in front of the bag, give yourself time to get from that running position to the ground. It should be enough room for you to land gracefully like an airplane, somewhat gradual, but quick, and let your momentum take you to the bag versus sort of just plopping straight on the ground. The impact is also way easier on your body and you'll get a feel for this, this comes with reps. And of course I have to say, do not go in cleats up, meaning with the spikes on your cleats showing up in the air. You don't wanna hurt a defensive player that might be covering the bag. It's disrespectful to do that. Take it from me, I've been cleated and still have scars on my shin from it. Just keep them pointed down. It's safer, it's better. Now mentally, you really wanna trust yourself and know your angles. So when I say trust yourself, I mean, let it go. Yeah, Elsa style. Like, let yourself go all out. Mistakes and injuries come when you hesitate and you hold back. If you stay relaxed, just keep your body loose and go for it. You know, make your decisions and execute at your full speed. To know the angles means to know the situation. Now, we learn in school that the fastest way to get from point A to point B is a straight line. So we can apply that to getting from one base to the next. But ideally, you also want to slide And hit the part of the bag that's away from the throw and the tag. So when I say angles, I mean consider where the throw is coming from. So let's say you're sliding into third. So if you're stealing, the throw is coming from the catcher. But if you're actually advancing on a hit into third, it could be coming from the outfield. So depending on where the throw is, you may slide into a different side of the bag. So for sliding into third, If the throws from the catcher, you slide on the side closer to left field. If the throws from the outfield, you might slide on the side closer to home plate. This also tends to be the more open part of the bag that isn't covered by the defender as much as well. But it's all about the angle the ball is coming from and what's going to help you avoid it and make it harder for the defense. So you apply that principle. One exception would be if you're trying to break up a double play as a base runner. So when you slide into second base in this instance, as they get the force out, rather than avoiding the defender, you actually wanna go straight into the bag and kind of get in their way to make it harder for them to get set and make the throw to first. And it depends on where the ball is hit. They could be covering the bag at different places and angles as well, so you can mirror what they do. But remember, always cleats down though. You take up space in their throwing lane, but you're not trying to hurt them. There are a lot more layers to sliding than you might think. There are lots of tools in your sliding arsenal as you learn more and more. So that's the physical and mental side of sliding. Keep it natural, trust yourself, and know your angles. That's the double play tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available anywhere you get your pods, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, tune in and believe.com. Subscribe, share the episodes, rate the show, and write a review. I'd love, love, love to hear your thoughts and get more feedback. Also, hit me up on Twitter at JennaVecerra01 and Instagram at JennaVecerra. Thanks for listening and catch you soon.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies.